Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C. I'm from the Boston area, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 23rd, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 73, the third paragraph, that begins with, Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. Today's readers are, Davalyn will be reading the 12 steps, Davalyn E., and Christine G. for the 12 traditions. And the readers are Lisa B. and Vanita L. The share ID for yesterday, Thursday, July 22nd, for the 7 a.m. meeting, 17,403, 17403. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting yesterday, 17,404-17404. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA, to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Davlin E. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous for us. Good morning, Davlin. Good morning, Penny. My name is Davlin E. and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Sixth, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Gavilan E. And now the 12 traditions will be read by Christine G. Hi, good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Friday. This is Christine G. from the greater Chicago, Illinois area. One, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, oh, no, I said that already. No, OA as nine, OA as such ought never be organized. Did I mess that up? Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you very much, Christine G. And now this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing, folks. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly related to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you would press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. 
in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 73, the third paragraph, which begins with, psychologists are inclined to agree with us. And I'm going to ask Lisa B. to read and share for us. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Page 73. Psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We have spent thousands of dollars for examinations. We know but few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break. We have seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance of recovery. While this paragraph is following, leading in, you know, from the previous paragraph when it says they're inclined to agree with us, and the previous paragraph was talking about how we lead a double life, you know, as fast as we can, we push these memories far inside of ourselves. We hope that no one has seen the light of day. So now this new paragraph that I'm reading on is coming from that. And it's saying that, um, well, I'll just share with you my experience and what really jumped out for me was uh, we were honest with no one else. And, you know, my ego will say to me, uh, they're not they're not going to understand, you know, they're not going to know, they're not going to get it. So I'll just keep something to myself. But even deeper problem is that is that like, I don't even know what I don't know. So I can't even share with them what I don't know. And then it says small wonder, many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance of recovery. So, so much of this is all based on, you know, truth and honesty. And the word that they used here whole truth you know that's everything i really like it that he didn't just say the truth but the whole truth and how there are times where i'll just leave out certain parts of the story you know and i'll just share a part of the story and i could sometimes even even do that today and then um that word honest really jumps out for me and that means free of deceit and untruthfulness it means a sincere, a sincerity, you know, being honest, being forthright. And, um, you know, I'll just share an experience that came to me last night. I was speaking with a sponsor, and I, I was so hesitant to make the call to her. But I did, and I shared with her, and she shared with me her experience, strength, and hope. She brought me back to the big book and to the disciplines of this program. And I got off the phone and I thought, oh my gosh, I feel better. And I saw my ego. I was really surprised that she could help me. And that's, that's the disease in me. It can still happen where I don't think I need to say something. I don't think I need to reveal the whole truth. Or I think I've got this worked out. You know, I need another person that I could share the whole truth. And who better than person in whom the problem has been solved that shares that same step one experience that I have. And um, let's see, what else did I want to share on this? Well, my own experience also is I have spent thousands of dollars in examination with 
professionals thinking that they're going to be able to help me and how often I don't want to take their suggestions. And today in the program, I can still do that. I don't want to follow all of the suggestions or recommendations. So that's what I'd like to share. That's where I am today with it. And thank you so much for your service. I look forward to hearing everyone else. Thank you, Lisa, Lisa B. And I'm ready, we'll be in a, in a minute, to take names of people who would like to share on this really wonderful paragraph. But before I do, remember that we ask if you have shared in the last two days, either on Wednesday or Thursday, that you hold back and allow other people to be heard. We value everybody's opinion, but we really want to give everybody a chance to share. Also, um, I'll be timing for three minutes, and please, um, I'm going to ask you to say your name just once, and I will do my very best to hear you. Who would like to share? This is Larry K. Hi, Larry. Okay. Dara L. Charles H. Wanda R. from Gloria K. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wanda, I'm a, I, I'm, I've just got Wanda. Wanda R., I think she said. Right. Okay. Who was that? Gloria that L. Was it Gloria? Yes, Gloria Dara. K. Gloria K. Darian K. And Darian K. We're going to stop there. And Darian from Massachusetts. Okay. Here's who I have. I have Larry. Dara, and Dara, I don't have your last initials, so please give it to me when I say your name. And Charles H., Wanda R., Gloria K., and Darian K. And so we're going to start with Larry. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service. I'm Larry K., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. You know, I'm going to focus on where it says small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. You know, my best friend in, in uh, sister program and AA is an internist and Joe's been a doctor for over 30 years and he's also happens to be an alcoholic and a drug addict and uh, recovered today. And once a week, uh, Joe drives out to Rockford, Illinois uh, to provide care at a large uh, treatment facility out there. And it's mostly heroin addicts. They, 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 a, lot, a lot of heroin is laced with fentanyl and, and that stuff, and, and, and it's a lot of opioids. And, and in fact, a lot of them are unaware of, you know, of, 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 of the dangers. Um, you know, the first casualty of this disease, I'm told, is, uh, is the truth. And self-deception self kills more of us probably than anything else. And, um, it's, you know, w when we're motivated to believe something, we tend to operate with a confirmation bias. You know, we, 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 we look for evidence that support, supports our, our belief, our prevailing belief, what we think. And then we tend also at, at the same time not to give as much weight to evidence that would challenge that belief. That's the problem with confirmation bias. And so we lie to ourselves and we lie to others. And sometimes we're consciously aware of the lying and many times we're not. It's below the surface. And what this practical program of spiritual action will do when worked for a lifetime is it will, it will help with that, right? You know, let me demystify the notion of being recovered because having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the implementation of these steps, it's a wonderful thing. 
it's a it's a very miraculous thing it's a divine phenomena i think but you know i'm not going to be fooled into believing it's some sort of magic spell a magic spell implies that you you know that you you have the power to make something happen outside of a natural event you and i don't have a magic wand we never are going to have a magic wand a spiritual awakening is a change it's all it is it's merely the beginning of access to a power greater than ourselves. And I'd say, you know, it's a, it, it, it really reduces the risk of killing yourself with food and food behaviors, right? And you know what else also reduces the risk of dying? Seatbelts. Seatbelts reduce the risk of dying. But you know what? I'm not going to kid myself, not for a second. I still need to drive carefully, right? I can put on a helmet when I'm riding my motorcycle, when I had one of those, but that, but I got to drive. If I drive like a jackass, you know what? I've got a really, really good chance of dying. So um, that's all I have. Thanks, Penny, for your service. With that, I pass. Thanks, Larry Kay. And next we have Dara. Morning, Dara. Good morning. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful for this meeting and. Um, you know, I was thinking I, I have I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on treatment and on therapists and psychologists, you know, um having been in treatment sixteen times, like uh and seeing just I've seen dozens and dozens of therapists and, and wonderful, you know, wonderful people cared deeply about me um, and were so frustrated by my patterns. And I was so frustrated by my patterns. And I remember I would drive to therapy with um, binge food in my trunk and then get out and go like binge and purge on the way home. It, it wasn't it wasn't for lack of trying. It wasn't for lack of willingness to tell whatever truth was identifiable for me, you know, which was that I, I thought at the time that food was my problem. I didn't understand and they didn't understand that food was my solution. It was the thing that was keeping me from, I mean, even though it was killing me, it was keeping me from killing myself. So, you know, there's the rub, right? Like I got suicidal when I put down food, I got more depressed and, and I didn't, I didn't understand that. And they didn't understand that. And I remember, um, I think it was like at my 10th treatment center, some, one of the psychologists looking me in the eye and saying, you are going to die. You're going to die in your 20s of this disease, like, or you're going to need to be institutionalized for the rest of my life. And I agreed with her. Like her assessment made total sense with me, to me. And so what is this paragraph saying? You know, it's, it's saying that like no human power is going to have my answer. Um, and I can't follow a trail out of desperation and addiction, um, you know, that hasn't been set by someone in whom the problem has been solved, that, that, that has the answer that I don't have access to, that, that for, in my case, you know, therapists didn't have access to, well-meaning people didn't have access to. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, like I was incapable of honesty, but even let's say the moments when I could be honest, I was incapable of following the recommendations and the solutions. Like I would agree on plans with therapists, with psychologists, with social workers that sounded really, really good to me. With nutritionists, you know, I would, I would totally wholeheartedly um, agree. And if you hooked me up to a lie detector test, I would have said like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave their office and I'm going to do this. And I would be binging and purging on the way home, you know. And like, so what is that about? I don't know. I don't know. But today I know 
that, you know, if I'm honest with a fellow and I'm honest with God, I am capable of doing what I say I'm going to do. And that is miraculous for someone like me, um, for someone who really should have died at least 10 years ago of this disease or who should be locked up somewhere. Um, so anyways, really glad to be here. So grateful for this meeting and I will pass. Thank you so much, Dara L. And now, um, Charles H. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Penny. Um, thank you for your service. So I want to start off with my title as a recovered compulsive overeater does not equal my higher relationship with God. It, it does not give me a pass to be like, yep, dun, dun, dun. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Bullets are going to um, fly off my chest and don't hurt me. Um, you know, I love this paragraph. It kind of mirrors page 58 where it talks about the honesty piece, right? Like, like, like the fish, right? If the fish sees the bait, never the hook. And we see this every single day. You know, you know, be honest with somebody. Tell somebody how you feel. But no, if I get on a vision line, I can't tell you. I gotta be a recovered compulsive overeater. I gotta wear this this thing, my recovery, like a badge of honor. I'm not gonna tell you that I was afraid of going to the to, to the dentist um, for doing the second um um uh, what you call that uh, uh root canal. No, I'm gonna tell you. I just have a toothache. I'm not going to tell you that I need a root canal and I'm afraid to do it. A grown-ass man, I'm not going to tell you that because I, don't you know I'm recovered, right? Like, like, like we don't tell the truth. That's why the, 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 the doctors have a low opinion. Not just the doctors, everybody. You know, we hear it on the line, right? We hear you. We hear what you're not saying, Charles. We hear you. And I love the fact that, you know, the fifth step is – it's part of a skill set for life, right? Like I could come on the line and tell you everything is fine. No, we match calamity with serenity by being engulfed into the work. And I could tell you that I'm not telling you 100% true every single day because I'm human, right? But I'm getting better with it. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Charles H. And now we have Wanda R. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. It's great where I'm at in, uh, by Chicago. And God bless you all. But I'm just, like, so happy to be here. Uh, what a wonderful paragraph. Ditto, 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 ditto. To all the comments, I was an eating disorder therapist, sexually uh, harassed by another therapist on the unit, a very famous unit, and you know what? I am uh, 36 years plus out from bulimia, and I am not recovered because any... Any, I have to take it a day at a time, and, you know, I just have to keep praying. Um, I'm wrestling with another therapist who was a friend who uh, did me dirty last night, and, uh, you know, I'm going to see her in November and uh, freaking out because she's such a, 
uh, a hard person to get along with. And you know what? I, I got to say my prayers and, uh, you know, just keep hoping for the best and uh, trusting my higher power and doing the next right thing and, uh, you know, knowing that um, my challenges are God's opportunity for my success. And, you know, I'm I'm just so grateful that uh, I came on and uh, heard people and, uh, you know, it, this is uh, a great track to be on and, uh, you know, Bill and Bob saved my life and uh, therapists, uh, you know, the money I spent, you know, I mean, one guy told me to have multiple sex partners, uh, you know, I mean, uh, bad advice, bad advice, bad advice. And I outlived almost all of them. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I got a ways to go. I got a therapist right now. And, uh, you know, um, she's so far great, but, you know, uh, I need help. I have two sponsors. Uh, you know, um, and I'm coming on the line, so um, I'm getting the help I need, and, uh, you know, um, I know that uh, I could be vulnerable, and I like uh, what the last uh, speaker said, that, uh, you know, um, it ain't perfect, you know, but I'm abstinent, and, uh you know, my recovery is a daily thing. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, Wanda. Uh, and now we have Gloria Kay. Hi, Gloria. Hi, this is Gloria Kay from South Florida. I just really wanted to say that I identify, especially with this paragraph, I'm being both sides of the coin as a therapist and also as a patient. And um, for me, for today, I know that I, I didn't tell the truth when I went to therapists. I never, I, I just went to therapy about other things. I had many things to discuss in therapy. And it wasn't about my eating disorder or the way I ate. And I could slide away with it because it was only 20 or 30 pounds that I was overweight. So, I mean, no one knew what I did, but I knew what I did. But um, this program and this decision for you. I love you guys. I don't normally get on here. I have my Al-Anon meeting after this, but I just, I love you all and so grateful to be part of this group and you, you do such good work I lo- and I love the Sunday morning uh, workshops too. Bye now. Thank you, Gloria Kay. And now we're going to the Berkshires, the beautiful Berkshires and Darian Kay. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Hi, Penny. Um, this is Darian Kay, um, compulsive overeater in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. And uh, it's so good to hear everybody and be on the line, be able to share. Not driving, I'm sitting. Yay. Um, and I, um, yeah, I can relate so much um, to, you know, talking about just being, I think they talked about inconsistency yesterday and they're talking about dishonesty today and um, it all just adds up to my 
awful failure <laughs> with with any diet that I tried um, because I just didn't stick to anything. Um, I would take home the plan. It would look good. I'd be, yeah, psych. This is, okay, it's Monday. I'm going to do this. And um, and then very shortly, maybe maybe even that same day, um, I was like, nah, this is too hard. This isn't fun. <laughs> this isn't this is uncomfortable. Um, I feel deprived. Um, you know, yeah, I just don't want to stick with this. And then I would go back, right, the week next week and I would, you know, get weight or whatever, you know, whatever they do, and I would gain weight and I'd be like, What? What? What's going on? <laughs> really? I knew what was going on, but you know, I just, I fooled myself. And um, the lies of omission are huge for me. They still are with everything. I mean, if I don't tell you, you don't ask me, we're good. And so, um, yeah, I just have to really, really be very cognizant of of that kind of um, dishonesty with everything in my life. Um, but, you know, with this program, it just definitely started with the food, um, putting the food down, being honest and measuring honestly, taking that one crumb off the scale. For me, I weigh and measure um, because, um, you know, I just want, I want peace. I just want peace. I don't want to have to think about things. I don't want to have to have things own me. I want to be in harmony with the world. Um, and that's what I get. That's what I get when I am honest with my food and honest with my sponsor, honest with myself and my higher power. And, um, you know, just live a life that is um, truthful and consistent. Yes, consistency is super important in this program. Um, Routines and consistency and, um, you know, keeping it simple. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Darian Kay. And before I take another list of names, let me just remind everyone that we are on page 73, the third paragraph, that begins with, psychologists are inclined to agree with us. And if you've not shared in the last two days, Wednesday or Thursday, um, I welcome anyone who wants to share on this paragraph. Who would like to get in the the lineup here? Roz G. Roz G. Anyone else? Marsha B. Marsha B. Jill P. I heard P. What's the first name? Jill. Jill. Okay, thank you, Jill. Who else? Toby W. Okay. All right, let's just go with those four while other people are um, thinking about what they'd like to say. So, Roz G, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And I just wanted to talk about my honesty. Um, I I found that uh, talking to therapists, um, for me, I was always honest with them because um, they were kind. And um, I don't know, I just felt like I had nothing to hide in the therapist's office. It was with sponsors that I was dishonest. 
um, I was afraid to tell sponsors the truth about what I was eating because they were going to tell me not to eat it. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't at a point where I was accepting step one. It took me uh, 14 to 15 years to, to fully um, recognize that I'm a real compulsive overeater, that I am a part of the group. And um, it was my over-exercising that kept me from really seeing the truth of the results of what it did to my body. And uh, later on, what it did to my digestive system. But I believe that um, when I got, you know, sponsorship is so important that we are, um, that what we do with the truth. Because if I tell the truth to somebody, are they going to turn around and, 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 and be a smart ass or sarcastic or, you know, militaristic in their tone? Um, you know, I want a hard ass sponsor, but do I really, do I really want somebody that's going to whip me with the truth? So I ha- I find, I found that telling the truth was, um, I wanted a sympathetic and kind sponsor in return. I got that in therapist's office, but I didn't get that with sponsors. <laughs> I have one now and I've had a few over the years. I'm not trying to down sponsors, but it was really important for me to, to, to be able to tell the truth and then how, how they would respond to the truth was important to me. And I, in turn, uh, want uh, people that I work with to be very honest so that, and that I, that I can say, listen, I want you to, to feel comfortable telling me anything. And that takes, that takes time. You know, I have a 10-step partner right now. I have a couple of them. But one in particular that I feel I could tell anything to because this person doesn't judge me at all, N- nothing. I mean, I could tell, tell him anything, and he doesn't judge me. So I need that, and I believe um, I need to give that in return so that, so that I can build a relationship with that person and build trust. And, yeah, it took me a while to get really honest, but today honesty is freedom, transparency is key. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Raz G., and Marsha B., it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning. This is Marsha D. in Ohio, gratefully recovered by God's grace. Um, yeah, you know, I've been to treatment. I've seen therapists. What I'd like to focus on today, you know, hearing all of you share, I'm realizing that I have a resentment toward the last therapist I saw. Um, I have to admit, I don't really give much credit to eating disordered specialists because my experience has been they've largely failed me. And the last one I saw, I had been in and out of the rooms, and I was desperate to do whatever anyone suggested. And I I wanted to still eat my alcoholic foods. So when this person told me to eat X number of calories a day and to not limit what I ate as far as my choices, I was all in, and of course that didn't work because what did that do? It set off all my my uh, obsessions and mental twists. So you know it was very discouraging, and I ended up withdrawing from that therapy, disappointed yet again. The other issue I uh, found out later was that therapist had engaged in inappropriate behavior with another client, and it just left me feeling really like exposed and dirty, like I had shared my story very honestly with this person 
And although they didn't violate me specifically, the fact that they violated anyone just really, really didn't sit well with me. So I'm going to do a, a, a resentment 10th uh, step on this and share it with someone today as it's really highlighted to me that there's something there I need to look at. Um, I do believe that we need we need qualified professionals who understand the 12 steps to step up and to carry the message um, in those arenas. And while they're not representing the program, they can certainly refer people to it, educate themselves about it, and, you know, carry the message in, in a very appropriate and useful way. So um, I think it's, it's good to look at that. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I pass. Thank you, Masha B. Um, now we have Jill P. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Jill P. from New Jersey, um, grateful recovering compulsive eater. Um, I've been back in for a month after a 10-year relapse. Um, and I just wanted to say that... Um, of course, I've been miserable for the last 10 years, and I knew I was eating and just refused to blame most of my misery on food, and of course, it was about food. Um, so I went back into therapy with a woman that um, I had been with years before, wonderful, wonderful therapist, and for eight months, I spoke to her, and everything came back to being about food. Everything came back to being about my eating. And she is not compulsive at all, and she would try to buck me up. Where's your self-esteem? I don't blame her for any of that. The, the blessing is that I finally said to her, look, I'm not going to be seeing you anymore because until I get a handle on the food, we can't have any more, um, I, I can't have any more you know, recovery from the things that are bothering me. I can't have any more psychological or emotionally reco recovery. Well, of course, that recovery is in the rooms. So um, I came back in to program. Um, I have a wonderful sponsor. And the first thing I said to her when she agreed to work with me is, I promise I will be 100% honest with you. Because I wasn't with, with sponsors in the past. Because when I struggled with food, eventually I would hear, I can't sponsor you anymore. Your lack of um, abstinence is affecting my program. So what did I do? I started to lie to people because I didn't want to be dumped. But anyway, the blessing is that I am here um, because I have also given up artificial sweeteners, which is something that I was never willing to do. I have a piece around food physically that I've never had before. Um, I had attributed a lot of my eating to it just being emotional, emotional. And the truth of it is, I was downplaying how much physically was going on with me because I was using artificial sweeteners and I was doing the, if it's the fifth ingredient or less thing on the can, I, I was doing that too. So I am very, very grateful Um to be where I am right now. I have a lot of work to do, but I am willing to do it. I am so happy that I found this meeting. I, it, it, you know, I hadn't been around in 10 years, so this meeting was a revelation, and I really believe that my higher power just led me right to it. So thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, thank you for being on the line, and I pass. Thanks, Jill P. And next we have Jody W., Jody w I believe. 
That's Toby W. Toby W. Thank you. Go ahead. Well, as I'm listening, my name is Toby, and I am a grateful recovered food addict today um, by the grace of God. Um, As I'm listening to everybody with their stories, I'm thinking, oh, I could beat that one, or I, I can beat that one. And I don't want to talk about who has the worst or the best or the whatever story on therapists. What I want to talk about is the lying was not just to them or whoever, but the lying was to myself. The lying to myself was the strangest thing in the world. You know, I'm eating, I was eating, and yet I'm saying I'm not eating. And it was like, if I didn't know better, I would say it was a multiple personality, but um, which, of course, I'm not. I'm just a food addict who uh, lied to myself mostly and also to others. But I do want to say that the best therapist of all, I went to so many, and I finally found the one who said it is important to eat uh, all the nurturing foods that your grandmother gave to you. And why don't you bring them into the office and eat them here during the session? So I was eating food during the session. Of course, that led me to uh, no place of fast. Anyway, uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Toby. And that was Toby W. And I'm ready to take more names of people who would like to share. And I'm going to give a special Brenda invitation. A. Hold on just a minute. A special invitation to people who may have never um, been um, on, uh, shared before on this line. And who was that that just uh, gave me her name? This is Katie G. I'll share. Katie G. And I had someone else. Um, Ellen Brenda. Say again. Brenda A. Brenda A. Someone else? Ellen C. Pardon me? Ellen C. Ellen C. Okay, let's do that, and then we'll see how much time we have left. Go ahead, Katie G. Good morning. Lynn Renee H. Okay. Penny, are you there? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. from Boston, uh, recovered compulsive eater. Really grateful to share this morning. I, I think what really strikes me about this paragraph is the invitation to look at me. Um, this isn't an evaluation of psychologists or therapists. It's an evaluation of me and my behaviors. And I recently had a spiritual awakening in this area. I had been seeing a professional And um, I used to talk about her on the line to all of you. I used to say how she over-medicated me, um, how she was a professional, how she doubted me. I mean, I dumped my resentments on you guys. (laughs) So sorry about that. That's not too healthy. And um, the thing is, um, life is a great teacher, and I've had the opportunity to go back to her. And uh, small wonder many in this medical profession have a low opinion of um, of us and our chances for recovery. But you know what? Thanks be to God, 
she has um, a wonderful heart and she uh, worked with me and I was able to work with her and this is all an outside issue so I don't I'm not talking about her but I, I think it's really important for me to remember that I'm not willing to be honest like I want to live that double and triple life I want to hide I don't want to give doctors a fair break I mean how many times have I been dishonest how many sponsors have I have I been dishonest with I, I mean I, I know I share this all the time but I remember shaking on the line telling another visionary about how I had been going to work and exercising while at work and that level of lying you know I'm not a liar I'm just afraid and I just want what I want when I want it and I don't know how to let all of you see me and with the help of these 12 steps into me I see I get the privilege of showing up honestly every day um, and I'm not going to say there aren't things that make me scared to share honestly but I do I do take that risk to put my hand back in God's I do my work and I'm honest and then I get this um, intimacy with myself with all of you and with God. And that is a gift that uh, you don't want to miss. So I'm just grateful that with the help of these 12 steps, we can be unified and we can be honest um, and work these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Penny. Thank you, Katie G. And Brenda A. Good morning, Brenda A. from New York, recovering one day at a time, and so grateful to be on this meeting. Thank you, one and all. You know, in reading this paragraph, I've spoken in the past. I've had different therapists throughout my lifetime, and fortunately, you know, I was hypnotized not to smoke. That was in my late 20s. And I've tried hypnosis and EMDR therapy and every mode of therapy available. And fortunately, my current therapist was kind enough and astute enough to point out to me that I had a very specific, not only an eating disorder, but I had a disease. And she thought that the remedy for me would be OA. And God bless her because I fought her tooth and nail. Nope, I'm not like those people. Nope, I'm not like those people. Well, where I was extremely like all addicts, I was dishonest, and I went about myself numbing myself with food. So I couldn't see who I really was, and all I cared about was the outside picture that I presented to the world. Yeah, I looked good, but I was absolutely crazy on the inside. And thanks to this program and to all of you wonderful fellows and the support I receive from people outside of the program, I know the only solution for me is to develop my relationship with my higher power day by day. And that's how I will recover, day by day, hand in hand, with my higher power, and so grateful to be freed of character defects on God's time, not on my time, I ask God daily, please take from me, free me from the bondage of self, because the only way I can do God's will is to do God's will. It's his will be done, not mine. I refer to my higher power as God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, one and all. Thank you, Brenda A. Um, And next we have Ellen C. Good morning, Ellen. Ellen, we can't hear you. 
Okay, I can close now. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. Ellen C., compulsive overeater, Long Island, New York. Very, very grateful for the opportunity to share. I have not shared on this line this morning. This program has absolutely saved my life. 15, 16 months of abstinence after 30, maybe 35 years of being in and out of the program. And we hear every day that we can't give away what we don't have. And being in the helping profession myself as an executive coach, how, how could I possibly help uh, other business leaders grow their business if I've never done that myself? How could I help other compulsive overeaters overcome their compulsive overeating if I haven't had this disease myself? Because there's a, there's a depth and a weight, of course, that I bring, that all of the incredible people on this line bring to other people. And I heard something that was shared with me by, by a, a really wonderful priest. Um, and he said, it was out of Psalms, and he said, it said, I afflicted you to bring you closer to me. And the gift of having this disease, and of course I never understood grateful um, for having this, but the, the gratitude of being a, a child of a dysfunctional family, of being in every variation of this program, is that now I have the gift of being able to bring that to the people that I work with because I can see a depth and a weight below the surface of what they're telling me because been there, done that. So um, I don't blame therapists. I blame, I just blame this disease. And um, I have it and um, I'm grateful now that it can be put to some good use. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Thank you, Ellen C. And we have time for two more people to share. Who would like to take that time? Brona D. What? What? D. What's your first name, please? Brona. D O N A. Did you hear me, Penny? This morning, I'm Lynn Rene from Montreal. Lynn. Okay, so we have Lynn and somebody D. Okay, um, I guess I was hearing you. Go ahead. All right, Lynn, why don't you go, and then we'll see what, what we'll do after that. Lynn? Sorry about that. I went, to, I went muted again. Uh, Lynn Renee H. from Montreal, Canada. I'm so grateful for being here this morning. I'm an overeater. And uh, I just realized it in my heart after seven years of being in the program, uh, like two weeks ago. Um, what I wanted to share this morning is exactly what I've been hearing, uh, like the couple of last people that shared, is that this is all about honesty. And the thing is, is that when I was young, I thought I was so not okay and not good enough and not beautiful enough and not nothing enough. And at one point, I don't know why, but I became the best therapist I needed. 
I was doing self-care books. I was going to all, everything that people could help me with. It's like, okay, help me be better. Help me be nicer. I, like, like, like all the diet clubs, help, like everything that I could get my hands on to be a better version of what God decided I was going to be. And um, two weeks ago, I don't know how come I got this gift, spiritual awakening for sure. I'm like, I said to my new sponsor, which I love with all my heart, um, well, how come this thing, I can't get this thing about losing weight. I've been doing it since I've been 16. And I was going on and on. And and I, I like, I put so much time and energy in this and it doesn't work. And my job, I put so much time and energy in it, it doesn't work. I went to therapists, I put so much time, energy, and money in there and it didn't work. And at one point, I don't know why, how come I heard that. I'm like, oh. If I put as much time and energy in finding God, it's for sure it's going to work. <laughs> what a what an aha moment. And for me, just the other thing I wanted to say, because all of the therapists, even the nutritionists, they don't get it. How the hell do I want them to get it when I'm 48? It's been 30-some years I've been with this, and I just got it. So my thing is that, if I want all the principles, I have to start with the first one, which is honesty. And at one point, I get responsible also. So when, like with the last nutritionist that I went with, I said, you know what, could I just, would you be interested, I could just send you a podcast, like you could maybe get it a little bit more, like how it is in my head, because it's really complicated to understand, like even for me. Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. So I can just imagine when you're outside of the problem. And... um I am so grateful to hear people day after day on this meeting. I know we hear it every single day, every single meeting. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful you changed my life. But you know what? This is a miracle group. I've got like my God troops here. And um, I I need you all because the father of my my only daughter, uh, which is 17, died on, passed away on Monday. She was with him. And she has all these horrible things in her head. And I am praying. I am in a step two. Um, like a, um, how do we say that? Um, uh, intensive. Intensive step two. I am praying like I've never prayed. Please, God, give me the courage and, and love and patience and tolerance. And just do what Good I can. Time, Lynn, Lynn Renee. I, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your service, everyone. And and thank you, thank you, um, Lynn Renee. And and um, we have just seconds left before we have to close. So I'm going to close right now and thank everybody who attended, everybody who shared, and everyone who um, does the behind-the-scenes work for, to keep this wonderful meeting going. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today which is Friday, July 23rd, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 17,412-17412. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And so I'm going to ask um, Vanita L. to read that um, selection that starts with our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. 
Benita L. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask God in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, we cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with your higher power is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to your higher power and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.